Podcast where we each draft five picks around a prop we've written from books, music, movies, TV shows, or anything else in the universe. And you, the listener, tell us whose picks make your dusty buns sing a song that'll get you away from Vecna. My name is Paul, and I'm joined this evening by my usual co-hosts Cameron and Michael. Guys, how's it going on this our our first trio of married guys podcast recording? Oh, the old ball and chain. Am I right, Michael? The honeymoon's <laughs> over. Things are going well. Uh, although I uh, am feeling a little strange tonight, as Paul alluded to. I'm excited for our draft. Right. Cameron, oh, okay. how are you yeah, doing? If- I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm still married. So we can keep that moniker going. Um, uh, no, no end in sight over here in the Cameron household. Yes, in a uh, a better produced podcast, this is an episode that would have come out like a, about a month ago. <laughs> uh, instead, we're recording it now. Uh, why don't but, we why don't why don't we hold it for the next season? <laughs> just drop it, <laughs> season five, uh, and then everyone will be really angry because we're not drafting any of the new characters from season. Hey, like, why? Are, yeah, yeah. I think this is perfect. I've been seeing so much content related to this season of Stranger Things. We can add to the pile. That's right. And and here's the thing. Uh, it's been long enough now that I think we can say just full, just don't worry about spoilers, right? I think really? anyone, well, I think anyone who's going to be listening to a, a podcast on Stranger Things has probably either watched it or is not that interested in it at this point. Okay. I, I so, would agree. And also, already. let's be honest, the season four is probably the least spoiler in the sense of, you know, did it really like wrap up, right? I think if you were like, where are we a couple episodes from the end, kind of still there at the end. So um, I, I think we can go ahead and spoil, let the audience know if you haven't watched any Stranger Things and you want to watch it, don't listen to this episode yet. That's right. That's right. Um, also, if you haven't watched any Stranger Things, I bet this will be a very confusing episode for you. Although I I do listen to a lot of movie podcasts, like uh, How Did This Get Made or something, and I often don't watch the movie that they're talking about. I just listen to their episode on it. So huh. maybe uh, maybe we'll be entertaining enough that people will still enjoy it. I don't intend to pick my characters in a linear fashion. So good luck if you haven't seen the show understanding what is happening. (laughs) That's right. But before we get into the actual topic uh, for the evening, we should throw it over for a little question and answer time. All right, so uh, I'm actually going to go to an episode that uh, we've already done a question and answer time for, but we've got a new response to it. 
And I wanted to throw to this episode because this response comes from someone who, if I'm not mistaken, is not actually connected to any of us. I asked you guys on the text if this person was someone you knew. Neither of you said so. Um, And so I I think we've got uh, a a brand new listener here that's not a friend or family member to us, which is uh, big news for us. Um, This is coming from the draft, the duo draft that Michael and I did on um, uh, our favorite newspaper comic strips or cartoonists. And the question that I posed on that one was, what is your favorite newspaper comic strip? And D. Douglas Vickers commented that his favorite is Crazy Cat. Um, Crazy Cat was not a strip I had heard of, but I looked it up and it looks pretty funny. So um, looked like it started. It's one of those long running ones that started in, uh, I believe, the 30s. And wow. has, has been going strong. So. What was this person's name? Um, uh, that was D. Douglas Vickers. Well, Dee Douglas, thank you for uh, participating. You've really put our family to shame by participating <laughs> despite not knowing us personally. That's right. But we appreciate you. So there you go. Ran from 1913 to 1944, King Features, uh, King Features Strip. So nice. Um, there you go. And I, you know, in looking at it, the character design of the titular crazy cat looks a little familiar to me so it must have been something that has been utilized um, elsewhere but i'm i'm not i'm not sure where it's drawing a a, a ringing a bell for me so i don't know but there you go crazy cat uh, from d douglas vickers thanks for the comment and listeners you too can be featured at the start of an episode. Um, every single episode, if you're on the Spotify mobile app, uh, you just scroll down and there's an open-ended question. You can give a response to it right there in the app and we will read one at the start of each episode. So there's a little chance for you to get involved in what's on draft. Uh, so we've already alluded to the topic that we're going to be doing tonight, which is the Stranger Things draft. And this one is going to be fairly straightforward. Uh, so what's happening is the three of us are going to have to be going into the upside down. So frequently on the show, people get split into groups and those groups tend to kind of shift around in each season, right? So we're going to be making our own groups or teams that are going into the upside down. Uh, but we're just going to be drafting from the characters on the show. And we wanted to, we, we didn't want to get to the end of this and say, well, you know, Michael, who's going to be the number one pick here tonight, uh, got to draft 11 because he had the number one pick. So obviously his team wins because he has 11. Uh, so what we have stipulated is no superpowered characters. So nobody can draft 11. Nobody can draft uh, the spinoff other children from season two in, uh, was it Chicago that they went to? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so none of, none of the kids in Chicago from the, the failed spinoff attempt, uh, none of that. So you can only take non-superpowered characters from the show, but other than that, we did not put any other stipulations on it. So if any of you want to take the high school counselor who uh, leads all of the victims to Vecna, then sure, go ahead. Uh, that can be one of your five draft picks. Paul, why are you spoiling things? Wait a minute. She wasn't in on it, was she? 
No, I don't think okay. so. But uh, I would still not recommend going to the Hawkins High School counselor just in case. Gotcha. I have my suspicions. <laughs> I did not realize that that was what their intent was to have a spinoff. I think that's what oh, it. Yeah, I think it, the idea was we're going to introduce these other characters and then eventually that and they are making a spinoff show but um they're not it's not going to feature those children from chicago but i think that was the idea hmm. so the the duffer brothers just signed a big production deal with netflix and they're going to um release a bunch of movies and stuff some of which is related to stranger things but there's going to be a spinoff show and they're going to write a stage play that they're going to film and put on Netflix that's going to be set in the Stranger Things universe. And they announced um, some people who I think have worked on some big Broadway stuff are going to work on it with them. So, yeah, it's going to be it's a, it's a very interesting list of content that they've put together for their new production company. But hmm. there's that. So speaking of stage plays, I went and saw Love and Thunder this week and there's still some of the the stage acting like we saw in Ragnarok oh with uh, Matt Damon and mm -hmm. uh, yeah and the and uh, another Hemsworth and uh nice. Anthony no who who plays oh it's uh is it Sam Neill who plays Odin? oh yes yep I think so and uh it's, I love it. I love it so much. There's, there are a lot of moments in the movie that where I was just dying. It was funny. All right. So you, you'll give it a thumbs up. I give it a thumbs up. I had a friend give it a poor review on uh, Instagram. And I, so I, you know, maybe that kind of leveled out my expectations, but I, I found it to be super funny. Taika Waititi is awesome. Although Madeline told me uh, the studio execs kind of limited what he could do. And initially he wanted to make it sort of like a mockumentary and have talking head segments with Thor. And that would have been astounding. That would have been yeah. amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's one of the ones I was anticipating the most for the year. We haven't had a chance to go check it out yet but i've seen really mixed reviews and i think that's um they it seems like marvel has leaned into letting the directors have a little more free reign in this phase like dr strange was much more of a sam raimi movie than you've got other you know uh, earlier in the mcu was more uh formulaic or, or reined the directors in a little bit it seems like maybe they're letting big name directors do a little more of their thing in this phase which i like but i've enjoyed both of them so if that's where they continue i'll be happy all right well speaking of continuing as we continue here with the the uh, uh the stranger things draft i have randomized the draft order michael you are up with the number one pick then cameron in the middle spot and me with the back-to-back -back picks in the first round and then we will snake from there so I don't think we have anything else we need to settle before we get into this one. So why don't we just go ahead and kick it off, Mike, with who you're taking out of Hawkins for your number one pick. Who do y'all think I should take for number one here? Barb. Barb. Definitely Barb. I, I considered it. I, I saw that and I thought, hmm, 
<laughs> you know who'd be good to take in the upside down bar? Somebody, somebody who's been there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think for to the lead off, I'm gonna choose Hopper for my number one pick here. Love David Harbour. This is a fantastic character. Uh, we've seen him overcome a lot in the multiple seasons now. So I think he's going to be a, a strong character to have in the Upside Down. Yeah, I think this was um, this was a, a pretty clear-cut number one choice. I think there's probably three characters I, I had put in the running for number one. And uh, with Hopper, you've got obviously the uh, sort of like survival skills, right? Like he, he mm-hmm. comes through a lot of situations, probably more than even some of the other characters. Uh, the only thing you're not getting with him is some of the science knowledge, but he sort of makes up for it with some mechanical uh, sort of real life knowledge, right? Like he's able to MacGyver out of some situations every once in a while, uh, problem solve and things like that. And so, um, yeah, I think he's, uh, if you just want like a bowl that's going to get you out of whatever situation you're in, then Hopper is clearly the guy. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I think this is a, a solid choice. Yeah. I mean, uh, if he didn't take Hopper, I was going to be in a pickle because hopper's kind of the smart choice but it's not like the sexy choice so i was going to be stuck so um hmm. i am good pick I, i'm glad to hear that i made what in in both of your eyes would probably make sense for number one pick because in the past i've had some <laughs> off the wall number ones this is yeah. this is true according to you all <laughs> um yeah i like i like you know, I like this one, especially in this latest season. Um, he clearly shows uh, an ability, you know, in sword fighting uh, Demogorgon in the uh, final part of season four. Uh, he's He's got the guts. That's what I was going to say. We get to see him wield both guns and swords. So, well, and did you recognize the sword? I, so I did yeah. not recognize it personally, but I saw where it was from yeah so that's the conan the barbarian sword Uh, Mm -hmm. he he sort of spoiled it a little bit he put it on his instagram before the episodes actually dropped that he had the sword (laughs) i did not (laughs) i did not know that yeah yeah that's the conan sword but um you know i think um one thing with stranger things is they have had a tendency to not want to kill off any of the main cast which is maybe a little bit unusual for a horror show Mm -hmm. and so while i'm glad hopper is still around in season four and and moving into season five uh a little cheap that they did the emotional death scene at the end of season three and then just immediately (laughs) in the stinger credit we're like nah he's he's alive um but other other than that, you know, maybe you lose a couple points there in boldness. But uh, glad to have David Harbour still in the franchise. Mm-hmm. So I think the problem is that Netflix right releases all at once, so you can't hold a surprise to like you know the second to last episode or something mm-hmm. like that. Like it's kind of like as soon as the entire season's released, it's technically a spoiler that can be talked about. So. 
I think that's kind of the the tough part. I also think that the show I've always found it more um, supernatural adventure than horror. Now I know this season was very horror heavy, but so I haven't really been bothered by the people not getting killed as much um, as some people. Um, so I'll just say that. But I think as we get to the fifth season, now it's kind of like okay. Hmm. <laughs> You know, somebody's got to, you know. Uh, Millie, Millie Bobby Brown called them the Duffer Brothers. I think she called them sensitive Sallies. And she said, she was like, yeah, I keep telling them we're trying to take a cast photo and there's too many of us here. Like, you got to kill some of us off. <laughs> oh, my and gosh. Then, and one of the Duffer Brothers was like, all right, well, maybe we should kill 11 then in the next season if she thinks we should uh, be killing people off. So right, if eleven dies, it's because of uh, some some uh, playful bantering between the, them backstage. All right, well, Cameron Hopper's off the board, so he might as well be dead to you. But who are you going to take with your pick here? Yeah, you know, in the pre-draft um, uh, rush, I wrote ten names down. Hopper was one of them. Man, and I really want these next two, but I just I don't think there's a chance Paul's gonna let let them both go. Um, I'm gonna take Dustin. Oh, I'm gonna take Dustin. I'm okay. gonna take Dustin. You were gonna take Dustin. I well, I was, but I was I was uh, at I was sketching him in for the second round. Oh, okay. So I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm gonna take Dustin. Um, I think Dustin problem solves and acts quicker than a lot of the non-nerdy, you know, than all the non-nerdy um, characters. But I think even amongst the nerdy ones, he acts fast. He knows the information. Um, so I think I think he would be a great um, pivotal person to take into the the upside down. Yeah, of the core, like, four kids, I had Dustin at the top of them in, like, a little mini ranking, right? And so that's why I, um, I, I didn't think he – I didn't think any of the kids would actually go in the first round here. So I had kind of been like, all right, second round, some of the kids will start coming off the board. Um, yeah, I'd sort of penciled Dustin in as a possibility there. Uh, so interesting to grab him here. But I agree, I think – in terms of like unique skill sets to the table, he's the one who has the most science answers to problems mm -hmm. that come up. And then the other people execute sort of right. his knowledge to the point that they, they hammer it home in season four when he's like, when are you guys just going to start listening to me when I tell you? Yeah, exactly. This is what, yeah. So yep. Um, yep. yeah, I think it's a good, I think it's a good pick of the kids, especially. Yeah. I think he's, I think he's, I think he's much more valuable than a lot of the adults out there. Um, well, I think the adults give a good dynamic. Um, I think the dynamic of the adults respecting the kids is mostly because of what Dustin's bringing to the table. I think if you remove Dustin, I don't think the adults are going to listen to Mike um, or Lucas or Will or Max. Um, I, I just think Dustin's the one where he's like. Hey, you idiot, here's what we need to do. And here's why. And the adults are like, oh, wow, this kid knows what he's talking about. So I think of Dustin, even though he's a kid, he really brings more to the table than, than almost all the other characters. 
I think he's also one of the most likable of the main ones. We, That's true. Yeah. I mean, he, he, th- there's, sorry, go ahead. Just as a character, I don't think mm-hmm. anyone wants to see him killed off. <laughs> no, no, for sure. You, you, you really can't. And all the other characters go through more authentic growth. Dustin's kind of a little bit of a, uh, uh, character without faults more yeah. than the other ones. Right. Um, Mike is over emotional. Um, Will is too timid um, and uh, you know fearful. I, I'm a member of that Star Trek episode where Captain Kirk is split into two, and one of them is like the really like um, domineering and evil version, and the other one is the real peaceful and meek version. Like that version reminds me of Will, <laughs> just like <laughs> peaceful and meek. Um, and then Lucas is like prepared, but he's kind of like a solo person. Like he's just kind of yeah. does his own thing. So um, Dustin is kind of the character you would want the, at the end of your, your character arc already from the get go. Plus he's, he's a uh, musically talented, so he can sing you away from Vecna. You're I didn't even possessed. know. I haven't seen, I haven't seen the never ending story in probably 25 years. I didn't even know there was a song in it. Yep. Um, but uh, uh, I, ref- I refuse to watch it still because I still think it's pretty effed up. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I just don't want to uh, watch that movie. So he and uh, the girl who plays his girlfriend on the show, I forget her name in the show. Susie. Susie. Yeah. So Susie and him are both Broadway kids. And mm-hmm. so he's he's actually back on Broadway right now. And so, but the two of them were like, that was great because we grew up doing Broadway stuff together. And so when they said you're going to have a musical part of the show, we were like, all right, this, we just know how to show up and work out the harmonies real quick and then get to get to bang it out. And so, um, yeah, here you go. It's a good one. What what is he on in on Broadway right now? Um, he just started um, uh, Dear Evan Hansen. Oh, that's right. That's yeah, right. He's yes. not. He's he's Evan's friend um, in the show. In the show. So, all right. Well, um, so this is this is uh, uh, sort of a, I guess a bittersweet moment for me in that um, I'm going to get to take two of the characters who I sort of pegged as first round picks. So I like that, but I'm not going to get the pairing that everyone loves the most from the show Yeah. that of yeah. course I know you also want here, Cameron. So I was yeah. hoping with yeah. the back-to-back picks, I could snag it. So I'm just going to go ahead and take Steve here in the first round uh, crowd favorites. Um, I think the one with the most actual like character growth in the show. Um, although he's, you know, he's sort of painted as uh, immature in the first season, but uh, I don't know. I think he sort of compared to Jonathan actually even looks a little better in the first season when Jonathan's like taking pictures of people from far away in a very creepy <laughs> manner. Uh, yeah. Maybe Steve breaking his camera was not actually that big of a deal, but um, yeah, great. Uh, has become everyone's favorite mom character on any show, right. With he just taking care of the kids and uh, yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's not going to problem solve maybe as much as anyone else, but if you need someone to hit something with a bat or apparently swim really well, as we saw in season four, the athletic kind of stuff, and also just like holding the group together, right? He's going to sort of boost spirits and everything. And 
uh, like I said, just just the crowd favorite kind of characters. So I had him marked as a clear uh, first round kind of pick. Yeah, that was it. That's what I was toying with Dustin or Steve. I wanted them both. Mm-hmm. I figured you would take one if I didn't take the other one. So mm-hmm. it was just a debate there. Um, I think Dustin's just a little more unique, but Steve's pretty unique as a character himself. But you're right. It's more like it's his parentalness that's really what <laughs> endears him to the audience, which is yeah. is a great uh, quality. Um, I agree. I re- After you know, re-watching the first season, other than him kind of being a little jerky for like an episode or two, but just like regular high school stuff. It wasn't like, he's not like the kids in season four that are teasing 11 about <laughs> right. her, her dead dad. Like that is, uh, that, that is far and away different. Like he's just being a regular high schooler. Um, so it wasn't that bad. And then by the last couple episodes, he's like, you know, nice and helpful and everything. So, um, I really like him. I really loved him in season three um, when he you know, was stuck with Dustin and, and Lucas's sister um, being kind of the, the dad there. So I do not like that they are writing the romance back in for Nancy and Steve. Um, I get it. People grow. But from like a narrative standpoint, I don't think that is really appropriate from a storytelling standpoint to like start out. Then you realize you're not good for each other. And then you grow. And then at the end, I mean, that's a little too, um, that's something that, you know, what's, what's the director who did, what's the movie me and you, Michael, we watched at my place that that he filmed it over like 12 years. Oh, boyhood. 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 Yeah. Linklater. Linklater. That's something Richard Linklater would do. He'd like film, you know, this couple that's not good for each other breaking up. And then years later, continue the story and they get back together. Like it just seems uh, unnecessary it's a TV show thing because there's, there's like a need on television shows to have a romance subplot. Right. And so if you don't have too many other options, sometimes you just go back to the same romances it feels like, but I hate it when a show devotes an entire season to having two characters end up together. And then immediately the next season is like, ah, no, maybe it's going to go in a different direction now um and it just feels like all right well you just were spinning wheels in the previous season yeah. Yeah. Getting there. i'm not a fan of it i haven't heard anybody that wants them to be back together yeah. i don't think that's popular and yeah. and maybe what they'll do is just you know maybe they're just teasing it to add some drama and then they'll end up not doing it uh when we actually get to season five um i don't know i've frankly i would be fine if in season five they just dropped any of those subplots because the the drama between her and jonathan seemed like one of those television show dramas it's like well if you just had a conversation about it you'd probably resolve the issue (laughs) instead of uh you know just um uh, both constantly lying to each other Mm -hmm. so i don't know I'd, i'd like it if they just kind of wrote away from that direction but we'll see what happens yeah, I heard someone uh, analyze the whole conversation with Steve explaining the future that he wants with mm-hmm. the whole fleet of kids. And that just doesn't seem like that's been Nancy's. Right. Arc. Yeah. Yeah. She's like career oriented. Mm-hmm. So that wouldn't make sense. All right, Actually, Paul. it kind of sounds like Steve and Jonathan would, because Jonathan's family oriented. So 
Steve and Jonathan get together and adopt a whole gang of kids. Yeah. Yeah. And Steve is a great mom. Yeah, we've seen it. All right, we've we've got Duffer Brothers. Call us. We got season five on wraps for you. All right, round two. Uh, so uh, Cameron uh, mentioned this character here in that explanation. Uh, of course, I'm going Angela, the bully, so she can bully Vecna. No, I'm not not taking. Uh, I'm going to go Nancy here, uh, despite not wanting Nancy and Steve uh, to end up together, as we just oh, discussed. I did not want to be in that group. Um, yeah, but I'm I'm here. I'm just going for trying to collect the best skill set, right? So if I was going for the people, if this was drafting Stranger Things characters that we'd want to hang out with for the evening, uh, Steve would still happily be my first draft pick. Uh, Nancy would not be my second draft pick in that case. But what we're looking at here is actually going into the upside down. By the time you get to season four, Nancy has worked to uh, you know learn firearms and how to sort of fight and handle herself physically. She's also always had the problem solving skills, sort of the journalism slash detective you know skills that she's got going on to you know maybe problem solve and logic her way out of a situation and demonstrates repeatedly like some leadership qualities as well, like getting people sort of task oriented and, and going on. So in terms of like a group of people and we're just trying to survive a situation, um, I think Nancy is up there in terms of her skill sets and sort of working well in a team, right? There's some other people with some skills that maybe aren't as team oriented as, as she is. So um, I had sort of pegged her as another potential first round pick. So I think uh, just in terms of putting together sort of an upside down group, I'm happy to get the two of them, but uh, me as a member of the group, I'm going to lay down the law and say strictly no romances happening in this group. Just absolutely. We're not worried about that. We're just trying to get out of the upside down. Interesting pick. I don't think I would have taken Nancy this early, but I see how you are trying to make sure your team is um, well diverse. Um, so you definitely uh, you, you brought a different flavor with Nancy. Um, so that's that's interesting. You know, there's a lot of hard science intelligence on the table. I'm a little surprised you didn't grab a hard science person, right? Nancy's got like the, the street smarts about her, mm -hmm. about her, but, but she's not like the quote nerd of the group usually. Um, so that's, that's interesting. Yeah. I think there's enough nerdy characters. No, there that, is. There's a lot. Yeah. Even with sure. four picks coming off the board, I can still get uh, some amount of nerd on my team coming back around, but um, you know, I'm, I'm locking down the people that can take out a, take out a bunch of bats with some, with some bats of their own. Okay. <laughs> and we know that Steve is pretty devoted to Nancy and will probably do anything she asks. This is, this is true. Okay. But again, Steve and Nancy stop. No romances. Not no romance. Team. Not on this. But, team. you know, as but. far as hierarchy here yeah she's she can i guess lead that's true he's not gonna mouth do you off think do, do, do you think even this late in in the story i don't know something tells me steve might go you know what i've seen enough 
<laughs> in my time in the upside down. I think I know what I'm doing. You know, I don't know. There, there might be a little bit of a power struggle here at the top with Steve and Nancy. Maybe that's how they fall apart in season five. That's it. Yeah. They have an argument about how to handle a bunch of tentacles. And then <laughs> that's it. This isn't going to work. All right, Cameron. Uh, you can't take you can't take Dustin's BFF Steve here. <sighs> so who who are you gonna add to Dusty Buns? Ooh. Ted Wheeler still on the board. Ted Wheeler. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um okay, I think I'm gonna, you know, I, we just said there's a lot of intelligence on the on the board uh but i think i'm still going to stick with with picking some intelligence even though there seems to be a plethora out there um i'm gonna go with a personal favorite um and take somebody that was only in the show for one season and i'm gonna take bob newby Taking Bob Newby, uh, Newby, that is of course Sean uh, Sean Astin's character in season two, um, the boyfriend of um, Joyce Byers. Uh, he is uh, really smart. Right, owns his, and runs his own, I guess, electronics company. Um, really good with puzzles. Right, he was the one that stumbled upon what what the drawings were that Will was doing. Um, he knows code, right? He was the one that hacked in the computer when they were stuck in the uh, facility there trying to escape from the, uh, the demo dogs. Um, so I think he's a really uh, smart guy and I would love to have him on my team. I'm taking Bob Newby. If there's one ring that appears in the fifth season, it's true. He's, definitely... he's, he's also my ring bearer. Um, mm-hmm. He's also my ring bearer. Uh, yeah, solid. I mean, anytime you can get Sean Astin off the board, uh, solid pick to go with. Uh, That's true. And then when they're about to like cast the ring, everybody's just going to start going, Rudy, 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 Rudy. So what's another Sean Astin reference? That might be it. That might be it. <laughs> That's all the. Uh, no, not. I mean, Goonies and and whatnot. Could oh, that's true. Reference to, uh, he's going to get chunk in there to <laughs> distract someone. Um, yeah, no, but this is uh, and I, you know, Dustin and Bob, I think are going to be, they're going to get along really well. Uh, you're going to need to fill in, maybe somebody who can get the ball rolling, you know, I feel like they're going to want to maybe just chat about things a little more than maybe you need to have going, right. They're going to be sort of uh, budding around and uh, intellectually curious about something and be getting into it. Um, So we'll, we'll have to see how you kind of round out your team here, but there's definitely not going to be any friction and Bob also good at uh, a good pick me up talk, right. He's going to give, give a pep talk. Right. Coach, I'm in a funk coach. Help me out here. And he'll, he'll kind of straighten you out. Yeah, absolutely. Though he, he did give a well, bad advice. <laughs> well, stood up to um, the Demogorgon or the, the mind player and it just destroyed him. <laughs> so he should have kept running. Yeah. Well, uh, when you're, 
when you're not couching your advice in unless you come across a, a supernatural <laughs> entity um he needed a little bit more information on the table and then that's true that's true uh, he could have really yeah narrowed in on what needed to happen yeah he's a, he's a man of science you have to give him the parameters you that's can't right. just change his whole universe uh, all right so i got dustin and bob um michael I think I will also choose some brains to balance out Hopper here. Who better than someone that the boys often went to for advice? I'm going to take Mr. Scott Clark here, their science teacher and uh, a head of AV club. So he's a really smart guy and helps them work out a lot of their problems, though they don't explain what they're for, uh, he seems to be a pretty solid source of knowledge and will be helpful to Hopper in the Upside Down if they encounter anything technology-related or just uh, <laughs> anything, anything to do with science or academics. Yeah, this is a good pick. Uh, early on, I had an idea. I was like, I'm going to go straight brain, no brawn. And I was like, I can make it work, but I got to get Scott Clark at some point. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you've, uh, you've thwarted that, but I didn't think it was going to happen because I have too many picks that I was like, they'll be gone before I get to the yeah. fifth round. But I was like, let's see if I can make it happen for a while. Um, so this is a good pick. I think Scott Clark fills a similar role as Bob would. Um, so I think it's a, it's a good pick. It's a needed person on your team mm-hmm. um, and really help balance out Harper Hopper. Um, but uh, it'll be interesting to see if Scott Clark can answer Hopper when he's like yelling questions or swearing at him um, because Scott is so like full of manners and politeness. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's on the couch with his wife or girlfriend and they're getting cozy and he'll let students call him and ask him science questions like in the middle of the night. It's that nice. So it's a wonder if he's going to be able to get a word out with uh with chief hopper there he's he's passionate about science mm-hmm. that is true this was one so i i had put mr clark sort of on my short list interesting in the second round i think although you got the back-to-back picks here so you know that that mitigates how early it is um a, a little bit but the one thing with mr clark is you're going to have to get him up to speed on the existence of the upside down at the start of the adventure nothing <laughs> yeah bob at least uh well bob saw some stuff before he was killed by a demodog uh, but he you know at least would have some knowledge of the existence so uh you're gonna have to have hopper really like look man this these are the essentials that you need to know uh don't don't step on the vines um run if you see a demogorgon uh, you know, here's here's the ground rules, and you just answer questions when we have them, and otherwise stay out of the way because uh, you've missed a lot of backstory here. I think that's fair. I thought we were kind of prepping a mission for people that, uh, like, it's season one. You know, never okay. never encountered Maybe. the upside that's, down. That's fair. I guess that's well. I don't know. It's vague enough. Maybe, it may be, you know, right? I mean, 
he can't say what happens at the end of season four because Bob's dead. So yeah. <laughs> can't, think of, can't, think of, can't think of dead Bob. So, um, but um, you know, Speaking maybe maybe through the upside down. Cameron's a, a necromancer for his team. It's... Weekend at Vecna's. <laughs> Gosh, that's a that's a like a, a t-shirt idea on one of those t-shirt sites for sure. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, you got the the brawn, you got the science that leaves you kind of wide open on where to go in the third round, Mike. Yeah, this is a difficult choice. Jason on the board, if you need some jerkiness <laughs> added to your, <laughs> you need some jackassery added to your team to go with Billy. The Billy's the there if you wanna if you wanna seduce some middle aged women. That's right. Got, got Billy. But you got back to back picks. You got to take Billy and Karen Wheeler at the same time. <laughs> Karen automatically comes with with Billy. That's what I'm going to take those as my next back to back picks and have nothing but awkward relationship tension for my entire team. <laughs> I think I'm going to pick someone that works well with Hopper and has some physical prowess and, and fighting skills. So I'm going to go with Dimitri Antonov here. Oh, that dude, he was on my short list. He was on my short list. Enzo. I don't know if I would have taken him uh, this round, but I was hoping to snag him at some point. So that's a, that's a good pick. I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a fan favorite of, of him. I, I like the actor too. I don't know if you recognize the actor at all. He was in, uh, uh, Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. and then I watched him. If y'all remember, I kind of reviewed that German Das Boot series, and he plays a, a German naval officer in that show. And he does; he's he's really good. I think he's been in some other things too. I just it's not coming to mind, but um, I thought it was really an interesting character that they put in season four, and I thought it really paid off. He kind of takes the place of somebody who doesn't know what's going on. And it's always good to bring in somebody like that every season, somebody who's like, what the heck is going on? What is all this stuff? So um, he was calm, cool, collected um, relatively. So I think it's, I think it's a really good pick. I like how level-headed he is and in, in kind of realizing I'm not putting mother Russia above the whole world. (laughs) We're talking about a world ending possibility because he was dealing with some of the other guards and and uh, the pilot and well, I mean, he's not putting Mother Russia over his own greed. <laughs> that, that too, but it's just uh, uh, some some of them are he he's he's not beholden to to anybody, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and, and he understands the gravity of what's going on. Right, 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 yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He um, was uh, he was another character that. I kind of felt they would kill at the end of season four. Hmm. So I think they really telegraphed Eddie and I, but I thought there'd be one more and I kind of thought it would be him just because they'd have a tendency to, to stick with the minor characters, mm-hmm. but I was glad to see him survive because I did like him and he kind of got, you know, he just tried to make a little money, but kind of got a raw deal in that whole situation. So uh, was glad to see him not uh, destroyed. Although I, I did think it was funny how their plan at the end sort of relied on so many other of the prisoners being killed by the Demogorgon. Um, 
in the sort of the final fight there was a lot mm-hmm. of like you guys go get killed while we get this torch to work and then we'll be able to survive um so they were very lucky that they had just enough meat shields in that <laughs> battle to survive isn't that kind of the the russian way <laughs> He was probably following his officer training, honestly. You know, uh, like they always say, you don't have to outrun the demogorgon. You just have to outrun the person next to you. Right. All right. Well, Cameron, uh, who's going to outrun a demogorgon next for you? Oh, man. Yeah, this is, this is tough. Um, I think I'm going to go with a little more brain, um, but this is a little bit more of kind of a wild card brain. Um, so uh, this character has been around for three seasons, but he's uh, he's become another one of uh, one of my favorites. So I'm taking Murray Bauman, Murray Bauman, um, private investigator, conspiracy theorist, fluent in Russian. Um always up for getting involved in whatever the heck's going on here, even though he really doesn't have any personal attachment. Um, so I think he's a great kind of a loud wild card to add um, to my bunch. And a, yes. and a, and a bit of a fighter too. He's a, he's, he's kind of quasi fighter. Um, he's kind of like, um, he's not like smart in the science, but he's smart kind of in the context of the world and uh, current events, and then he's a bit of a, a fighter. Yeah, he knows Russian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is the other one that I was really debating with between him and Dimitri. Yeah, yeah. and I I really enjoyed that uh, we got to see him fight in this most recent season. And your description of he's up for anything is that's what's lovable about his character because so many conspiracy theories characters are really timid. And they're trying to run away from things all the time because they understand what's going on. But he's all about getting into it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because his, his conspiracy, he's right. <laughs> yeah. 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 I I did sort of think they were setting it up for him to actually be hilariously bad at fighting the way they led into that. But true. And he just true. legitimately was a black belt. Oh, right. And right. Uh, yeah, took it out. Uh, yeah. I forgot that. Yeah. The black on the plane, he really. Uh, that's right. I thought he was just going to immediately get knocked unconscious, like three yeah. seconds. Paul, I'm with you. Yeah, that that <laughs> seemed to be that would have been the slapstick way to go. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but Cameron, I'm I'm going to credit you with a steal on that one because he was next on the list for oh, me. Okay. On that one there. Uh, would you Would you count Mr. Clark as a steal on Michael's end for you, Cameron? For me, no. I mean, he, I was going to grab him at the end. Um, okay. I, I would go ahead and give him Dimitri. I wasn't going to let it get. I, I don't. I was. I was stuck between Murray and Dimitri. But if okay. they were both available, I was going to. I was going to grab him on the next two. So All right. I think I'm, just, I think I'm trying to. I'm trying to be more on the nose, marking down the steals so we we can track them here. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So yeah, I was. I was thinking Murray for my next pick here. Um, yeah. But that sort of I had I had two tracks to go on. You taking Murray sort of steers me to the second track. So I am gonna go uh, with a, a little nerdiness here to add to my my jock and my journalist. And uh, I'm gonna go with one of the kids, but not one of the original kids. I'm gonna go Max here with this pick. Um, I think 
Sadie Sink, who plays Max, I think she's one of the best actors on the show, and she really brings a lot of nuance to the character. Um, but the other, you know, the rest of the, the kids are great, but they're not, um, you know, I, I don't think they add as much depth to the character. So you really see the growth with her. Her plot line is interesting. She's got the uh, obviously troubled relationship with Billy, but then seeing Billy killed in front of her um, affects her in, you know, sort of strange ways to be like, hey, I was in sort of basically this abusive relationship with my brother, but then obviously I also don't want to see him murdered. And so I think her whole arc is really interesting so i you know i just like her on the show uh but at the same time she's very straightforward to the point um she's willing to take action right like she steals the keys to break into the counselor's office in season four like she she takes action when action needs to be taken and she's got sort of the nerdy science knowledge that all of the kids have so she gets in there with that as well so um, i think she both compliments and adds to my group of Steve and Nancy so far. And we have her to thank for Kate Bush being at the top of the charts right now. That's right. I think I read that uh, Kate Bush has gotten like two and a half million dollars worth of royalties. From Good Stranger for Things. her. Yeah, like that's, that is awesome. And it's, you know, it's not like she lobbied for that. It's like they happened to decide that would fit best yeah, on the scene and with the character and the show, and they were right. Like clearly, it sort of hit a chord with audiences. And I we I think we've talked about it before that I it's just like, you know, was the was a, a great pick for a song because it's not your not your most common like '80s song. Mm-hmm. It's more of a deep cut, but still well known enough that people might recognize it. And I think everything just worked perfectly with it. But yeah, it turned into a massive windfall. Uh, I think Metallica was really stoked that they chose uh, Master of Puppets for the second part of season four because uh, they were probably hoping they would get uh, they they posted about it. So I think they were like, yes, we're going to maybe get some of those <laughs> Stranger Thing royalties, too. So, um, yeah, that was I, I saw. Yeah, I saw that they did get a bump, but I don't know if it's to the same degree. I I don't think it's getting top 40 play. Yeah, right now it's it's everywhere. It's like every fourth TikTok video uses "Running Up That Hill" too. So yeah, it's just it has taken over everything. So Paul, what was your what was what what is Max bringing to your team again? She's she's got the nerd knowledge of the other kids, but she's also just a go getter, right? She frequently in the show is solving like she steals the keys. She's the one who like, will just be like, let's just break into this and, you know, get what we need or yeah. Several times. She's just like, you guys are talking about this too much. We're just, we're just going to solve the problem. We're just going to do it. Okay. So okay. Interesting. All right. Yeah. You didn't take one of the four. Uh, so I did not uh, love surprise there, but um, like I said, I have some problems with <laughs> the other kids myself. <laughs> so uh, that makes sense. Okay. Um, I guess it's that time. The, the, the three round rundown. All right, Mike, go ahead and uh, give us your three picks so far. Top three people I'm taking into the upside down. I've got Hopper, Mr. Scott Clark, and Dmitry Antonov. 
And I'm taking Dustin, Bob Newby, and Murray. And my team so far is Steve, Nancy, and Max. All right, Paul. Um, you're up again. I think I know who you're taking, but go ahead. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Um, well, I've got uh, I've got sort of a hard pick here. Um, I've got to sort of leave behind my personal favorites because I'm really trying to think of which group together has the best odds of survival. And uh, some of my favorites are my favorites just because of their character and not what they really bring to the table. So I'm not drafting strictly on personality here. Um, I'm going to go with someone who sort of problem solves. Um, And so, you know, I'm still not going to go with any of the main four kids here. I'm not... Uh, I'm not turning to to Lucas or, or Mike or Will with this one. Uh, I am going to get a Byers though, and I'm going to go Joyce with this pick. Um, and you know, Joyce is from the first season. Um, obviously, has the sort of mother's instinct that Will is not actually dead. But um, in every season, she's really the one who is sort of presented with really insurmountable odds, right? Because she's, you know, she's trying to save Will without Eleven's help in season one. Like she's not in the room with superpowered people or um, she kind of, you know, she'll get Murray's help or she's with Hopper, but really she's the one who usually has to like push the hardest to sort of overcome a big obstacle in each season. And the one who sort of steadfastly just goes after it and gets the job done all the time. Uh, And then I think season four, um, obviously with a big assist for Murray, but the fact that she's able to be like me and one other person are going to go to Russia and break into like a maximum security secret government prison. Like that just shows that she's got a lot of chops for handling this kind of stuff. So um Joyce I think uh is another one who's just going to fit in smoothly with the rest of my team and uh everyone here every like what I'm really putting together is a team that's just like these are all the people that just get stuff done constantly in the show they execute stuff all the time so I like I like the go get in this that my team is gonna have yeah Joyce is a good pick go ahead Mike just the gall to, to be like, we're going to Russia. We're going to break the <laughs> Right. In, 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 dur- still during the Cold War, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Like yeah. Going to Russia height height of its power. <laughs> yeah. Pretty amazing. Right. But there's but, just no, no brake pedal. <laughs> yes. But even, you know, like it's somewhat crazier in season one that she's just like, you showed me the corpse of my son, but you know what? Nope. I'm going to get him back anyway. Like that's, like yeah, yeah. Like just constantly doing that um this is a good pick joyce is a great character um not a lot like your your typical mom in these kind of adventures right it's kind of just like frantically worrying about the kids but not really understanding what's going on like her her franticness um delivers results which is mm-hmm. uh really cool to see um i think on a slight tangent i think i was thinking about how we were you know they don't kill a lot of characters i really hope in season five 
they really get them all together. Because if you think about this last season, everybody was separated and they pretty much stayed separated, right? They didn't, yeah. they didn't coalesce, mm-hmm. which um, mm-hmm. I, my, my type of viewing experience for this type of a show, I was really looking for and it never happened. So I, I was kind of happy that they didn't kill a lot off because I really wanted to see a big group come together again maybe a season, you know, a series finale season, then you can kill some off and, and end it. But um, I would love to see, you know, everybody there at the, at the room again, you know, trying to figure something out one last time before they go off on suicide missions and half of them die. So, yeah. And, um, and they didn't do a lot with the California group. Like when they split up, like it was a little strange that they were just like, I, I guess we've seen enough of Mike and Jonathan in they, the other seasons, yeah, and they, they were like, stopped a lot. Focus on other yeah. people, and, and I mean, they there was parts yeah. of the last four episodes where they weren't doing anything. I mean, I mean, you would see them hardly ever, right? Um, yeah, it, it was. It's just a little strange because Jonathan in season three was like one of the big central characters, and Mike has been almost the POV character from the start of season one. Mm-hmm. And so, and Finn is probably of the whole group. Finn's the one who's been in the most like other properties and things, right? Like he's the one who's sort of acting in more and more stuff. And so maybe it was a scheduling issue, but it was just strange to me that they just had those two characters that they were like, they're going to kind of be in it. Um, But yeah, I don't know. We'll see what season five is. I'm not a fan of how they've written Jonathan. In the, I, I, the last season, yeah, I'm I not agree. a fan. I, I, this to, arc is to, to see it. I mean, right, we get him for three seasons, and he's basically the same type of person. And then this season, he is just like, oh, he has changed since then. I was like, well, that's kind of abrupt. Um, yeah. Um, no the the only Jonathan thing I that I liked and that I felt fit really true to his characters from the previous seasons was when they're setting up the tub in the pizza restaurant and uh, Will has just had the conversation with Mike and then is coming to the room and is watching Mike with Eleven and Will is like clearly in love with Mike and having this big emotional reaction to the fact that Mike likes Eleven and not him. And you can tell that Jonathan looks and is like, oh, I see what's happening with my little brother and I'm not going to say it directly, but I'm going to give this speech that very clearly says, I see you, I know what's happening, and I love you, and I'm always going to be there for you. Like, that whole scene, I was like, yeah. okay, that's like Jonathan's character, mm-hmm. not like just dude getting high and lying to Nancy for half the show. Like, uh, yeah. it was, yeah, it was weird. Yeah. Well, Cameron, uh, you've got... Uh, you've got a crew you're you're gonna have sort of the party crew here i feel like you gotta you got some fun bunch of fun guys going on who's gonna <laughs> add to the, to the crew yeah this is a good this is a good D D land party type of a situation going on here um yeah if I this was if this was a dungeons and dragons group my team would have the worst time they would they would not be ideal at playing D D together. Oh, you, your people do not want to be around each other, I don't think. Um, um I'm gonna take a Sinclair, but I'm not taking Lucas. I'm gonna take Erica Sinclair. Um uh 
talk about adding a sibling that uh, uh, really brings a new dynamic to the to the cast. Um, she's uh, strong-willed, confident, um, smart, nerdy. Um, I, I think she could definitely uh, aid my team. You know, push back on things that sound stupid, um, and really give some realism to some crazy um, Dustin and and Murray ideas. Um, I think she can really uh, team up with Bob and, and provide some, some clear level-headed realism to the situation. So, um, but she's, a, she's a team player too, right? Season four and season three, right. Involved in whatever they need you to do. Um, she'll just do it with a little bit of, uh, wit and sass. So I'm taking Erica Sinclair. This Erica is a steal. Was... Okay. I was going to say, Erica was in the running for me instead of Joyce. I, it was between the two. I thought you were going because you said you're, you're like, I'm not taking this kid. I'm not taking yeah. that. I thought you were going to yeah. do it. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I had her queued up next. And like you said, uh, she's she's bold and bright, and I think she gets stuff done. So it was a good one to have on your team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, if you need someone to climb through an air vent, the only size appropriate choice to take. Additionally, that is something that crossed my mind, Paul. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. No, but I I did really enjoy that. Uh, I mean, she was sort of a standout in the early seasons in her brief screen time, right? She obviously wasn't a main character, but she had some of the best lines. And so clearly, I think they said um, Priya Ferguson, who plays Erica, is really talented so we're going to expand her role when we get to seasons three and four and sometimes you can take a character who works really well uh, in comedic moments and expand their role and it doesn't work well but that didn't right that didn't happen with erica instead they gave her more stuff to do and it was also all really good and so uh, i'm excited that she has sort of been growing as one of the gang and in terms of screen time and everything I've seen multiple theories that think that she's going to be the key to winning this whole thing. So we, we shall see because they're, they're basing it on the D and D game that they played. Oh yeah. Where she comes in and and Mm -hmm. strikes. That makes sense. I, I can see that. The, so the Duffer brothers do say that they, they they never do anything unintentionally you know like they they uh-huh. set things up uh but it's hard to tell how you when so, when a director says that it's really hard to say how intentional they're actually being and how much of them being like we kind of reference this thing in the other seasons let's uh let's do this all right well mike you get to round out your team with back-to-back picks here what you gonna go with Looking at Hopper from season four, I think he needs to put some meat back on his bones. And what better than Surf Boy Pizza? I'm just kidding. I'm not picking our guy. Oh, man. I was like, I, was like, I got this one in the bag, man. <laughs> love this character. Love that he is chill and uh, knows that people need to eat. Uh, that is a pretty key scene for me when we're like, what is, what is he doing? Is he just making pizza? Yeah. He's just making yep. pizza. Yep. Uh, 
Love that scene. No, I'm not going to go with him here. I think I'm going to go with someone that is going to be cool under pressure and has weapons training. So I'm going to take Officer Powell here for my team. That's a steal. Oh, ho! all right. I was taking Powell. I was debating between going Erica or Powell, so it looks like it didn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, so uh, he and Hopper, I think, are going to, and Dimitri, they all have weapons training. So as long as we have weapons available to us in the upside down. (laughs) This is is Mr. Clark just indicating where these three men need to shoot. Pretty much, yeah. (laughs) Figure things out, guys. (laughs) Uh, Interesting. I had not, Officer Powell is not on my radar. Yeah, I, I like I like Powell. Um, you know, Powell is eventually chief of Hawkins. Mm-hmm. So you know he's got the leadership quality. Um, he's very calm versus the other deputy. I, already I was gonna say you name, don't right? you don't want to take Phil the angrier no, well he's no. got the back to back picks. He could he could go the full he should get the department. whole squad, the whole squad. <laughs> the oh, sheriff's okay. department and a science teacher could go into the upside down. Hawkins PD. Yeah, pretty much just all the Hawkins <laughs> local employees. Right? It's just like an episode of Chips, but gone <laughs> awry. Completely awry. Yeah, no, I, li- I like I like Pal. Um, I, I wish he was... I wish they wrote a little bit more about his investigating in season four. I think there was ample room to do that. Um and maybe even have him start stumbling into it. Um, so I hope they do have him stumble into the actual uh, upside down and, you know, stuff that's happening in season five. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I, yeah. I like, um, so Rob Morgan is the actor that plays pal. He does a fantastic job. I think um, he was also uh, in the um, uh, showtime, the Lakers show that was on HBO Um mm he played magic's dad on the show and was really good. It's another small part where he was really good. So um, I've seen him in sort of back-to-back shows where he uh, was great as a background character. Maybe he'll get to take a a heavier role when we get to season five. So that would be, that would be nice. Um, He'll certainly have his hands full as acting uh, police chief for Hawkins, given everything that's happening. Yeah, I don't know how it hasn't just been completely evacuated at this point. Yeah, uh, and you know, based on the, the little teaser at the end of season four, where things really start sort of the upside down really starts creeping in, I could also see them just basically not have Powell in season, right? They could go two ways. He could become really involved or they could say, we've reached the point where we don't need to really look at what the Hawkins residents are doing because they're yeah. just going to be gone. That's true. And so he, he might like not even be in it. I don't know. They could go either way with that, but I think they'll tend to, I don't know. I think they'll try to have that dynamic of like, there's still some clueless people around trying to figure out what the heck's going on um, mm-hmm. as part of it. I feel like if this were any sort of normal situation with this level of disaster, though, we would just see national guard from this point on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And government agencies. Well, especially since the government 
knows what's really going on mm-hmm. you think they would just shut the situation down yeah you know something i actually really like about the show is that and, and a lot of kind of you know fantasy kind of adventure like spielberg-esque stuff don't do this is the government is is usually just like you know the big brother that's mm-hmm. kind of keeping something on the wraps or they're, they're chasing after you i really like how there's really feuding government personnel and agencies right mm-hmm. that are in conflict with each other uh, i think that's a bit of of, of a kind of a realistic view um, and they're actually fighting each other, right? There's, there's essentially like military personnel on both sides trying to, to duke it out and agents trying to duke it out. And I've always kind of liked that concept. So I, I love to see the show um, playing, playing that out. So I, I think that's really cool. But uh, it would be interesting to see now that it's a large scale issue in season five, probably, right? It's opened up. Um, you know, what is the government's role um, or is that conflict going to continue? I am a big fan of crossovers and if X-Files was still a thing, I would solo Scully and Mulder to be in on this. Like a, a young just, Scully and a young Mulder. Oh my gosh. That'd be so amazing. Yeah. I love that show. Yeah. I, so I love that show. Slight tangent here, but I kind of like it for the episodes that actually end up connecting. Like I, 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 I can enjoy mm-hmm. kind of the monster of the week stuff too, but I really mm-hmm. like it when stuff is tied back and I've kind of looked over the internet. I haven't found it yet. I'm trying to find the list of episodes that actually connect to a broader story arc so that I can mm. just watch those. Interesting. Um, where I've had, I've watched some shows and, and found those lists where like, Hey, if you don't want to watch the one-offs that won't re- you know yes to be involved in future storylines then watch this list so mm-hmm. you know because there's a lot of season seasons and there's like three movies and then there's the new seasons right from a couple of years ago so i mean you're talking about hundreds of hours of content and i'm like i would really just like to do like the main overarching plot that has mm. the reoccurring issues so which, which essentially is like stranger things right stranger things is like a monster of the week uh show except it only has the content that is part of the broader story. Like you could make it into a show where the, the four kids are like doing these random little things and discovering little um, supernatural stuff. Um, but then it all leads to the Demogorgon, you know, at the end a little bit. So I, I think, I think what probably the showrunners are thinking is that people aren't really into kind of the monster of the week type show anymore. Um they don't really yeah it's got to be it's got to be one storyline across you know 10 hour long episodes that's what it has to be they want the more cinematic payoff mm-hmm. yeah yeah which, especially which with like. this release formula yes you, you yeah. talked about releasing all at once right. it just yeah it wouldn't make sense to do the more episodic mm-hmm. although with netflix losing viewership they've talked about possibly having more shows that release weekly mm-hmm. like the other streaming services are well, in order to not like, you know, waste the opportunity too fast. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. you're, you're like, Oh, I got Netflix. I've watched all these shows. I'm done. I've, I've, I've explored the content I wanted to explore within a matter of a week or two. Right. Um, well, you know, they, I can, yeah, they split this season of stranger things up. I think 
entirely just because they didn't have the CGI done for the last two episodes. And like, that was why they had that little break, like a month long break in between. That makes sense. But I think they, they like just accidentally, you know, they don't, they don't want to give up on the streaming model because they say they have all this data that backs up that it works best. But I think they sort of backed themselves into a corner where they got to see the benefit of splitting it up because that month break, there was so much Stranger Things content that was happening. Right. People gearing up for the second part of season four. Whereas typically after two weeks of a Netflix show, nobody talks about it because everyone watches it all in like two days and Mm -hmm. then gets all your conversation out of the way. Like there's just no cultural staying power. So Mm -hmm. I think maybe this was a good eye-opening thing for them to be like, oh, actually this kind of, this kind of worked out well. No, for those, I, yeah. for those that aren't in a rush to see a show either, if it's all released at once and they don't either care about spoilers or, or uh, necessarily are quick to get onto a show, there's no rush. But since these two released a month after, it kind of gives you a deadline too. It's like, okay, I got to get these episodes out of the way and be ready for the next one's coming. That's true. Yeah. I just, I, I personally, it fits better to not have it released all at once. Number one, I enjoy watching it with my wife and we cannot watch it at the same pace. If there's 12 hours of content, you'll right. yeah. keep watching it. And if I go to bed or I'll get up early and I'll watch it um, versus like Peacemaker on HBO, we watched it every Saturday morning. That's what we did. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. That's just so funny. It's like a Saturday morning cartoons, oh, but yeah. the adult that's version. It's <laughs> an appropriate, appropriate show. All right. Well, sometime, somehow we've spent more time uh, after the officer pal pick than compared to any other pick. In the pal is the key. Pal that's it, key. clearly. Uh, so we want an hour and 20 minute episode about officer pal, I think is the, is the summation of that entire discussion. There you and, go. Uh, Michael, you need to round out your team before we spend another 20 minutes on the officer pal pick. I'll, I'll, I'll pull that and you can release that like 12 minute dialogue as a, as a bonus uh, TV content. <laughs> well, we were talking about spinoffs. Maybe pal should have the spinoff show. There you go. The spinoff I want is just Steve and Robin working a different job every week. Just like their ice cream parlor video store <laughs> no no supernatural just literally them working the job but a it's new like, one each week it's, it's a like, like dirty it's jobs but it's not it's it's just the mall jobs just normal right. mall jobs yes <laughs> yeah they're at the they're at the the, the bookstore this week or yeah footlocker yeah let's do it i mean that would be a great little youtube series that yeah. would be hilarious that would that would all right, Mike, okay. Last round. So you took you took Erica. So I feel like I need someone that is small, like we said, in case and I feel like that there is something to be it, said. It has about. come up frequently. It's just funny that that's the that's the first characteristic you're kind of listing here. But no, yeah, I, it, I, it has I know come up more than once. Uh, so you've got Dusty Buns. I'm going to take the person that calls him Dusty Buns. Ah. I'm taking Susie here. So I'm taking Susie Bingham, played by Gabriella Pizzolo. And I feel like she's, she's genius level smart. 
Uh, Dustin talks her up all the time. We get to see her skills with computer. And again, if there's any kind of technology or uh, science that needs to be taken care of, she can help out. Uh, her and Mr. Clark can take care of things. I feel like there's something to be said for having someone with less fighting experience for Hopper, Dimitri, and Officer Powell to kind of rally around and protect. I feel like if I just had Hawkins PD on a team, uh, they might go in guns blazing and get killed very quickly. You want the so, paternal instinct to kick in here. Yes. Hopper. I, yes. I, got it. I, got it. I feel like if he's protecting someone, he's not just going <laughs> to sacrifice himself stupidly. So <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think, yeah. I, I think that uh, will be helpful in some scenarios in the upside down. Interesting. Interesting. Um, yeah, this is, so yeah, I was teasing you a little bit with Mr. Clark, but you're now going to have three people who in the show did not, ex- we did not get to see experience the upside down. So we do, we do not know how they will handle it. Yeah. Right. Everybody so. else we kind of know. For all we know, Mr. Clark is just gonna like collapse and, <laughs> and cry. Uh Powell is gonna rip off his badge, throw it down, and run away. And Susie's gonna just start singing a song because she's just I don't know what else to do. Um so and the bats it's, will it's, just come and fly her away. It is it is risky. That's a good point, Paul. Only two of these people even know what an upside down is. Only one of them has ever been there yeah yeah uh so that interesting but i do in terms of pure skill set i like the pick um she's the most technologically advanced which you know might not uh, necessarily come up in the upside down but sometimes they have to rig up a walkie-talkie or something in order to communicate over a larger range or something like that so um she might be useful in in that sort of uh, both both uh, science smarts, but also some mechanical smarts in there as well. So that, that could come in handy. I feel like sometimes they need stuff on this side as well mm-hmm. uh, to help them out. So maybe she can... That's true. Yeah. She and Mr. Clark can get stuff uh, in order here. That throw will her help back on- up Eddie's trailer and <laughs> get, her, get her to the, the real side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a good pick. I, I think I was actually toying between her and Erica mm-hmm. in my fourth round pick because I was like, I want somebody, you know, like you said, a little bit smaller stature, but somebody who can still get their goal, you know, accomplished, not, uh, you know, so um, it's a good pick and it's well needed on your team too. Um, but you opted for keeping the emotions out of it. You did not want that romantic attachment. No, I could not. You know, I see Paul's team going down the drain because they're having some sort of a fight about, oh, you left the dishwasher unloaded or something. And, you know, I can't have that happening on my team. So I needed well, I needed to keep that. You no, know, I, I think the real reason, Cameron, is if you had Dustin, Bob, Murray and Susie, nothing would nothing would get done. They would that's just like all of the characters who go, like have valuable knowledge, but mostly goof off together like if you if you had drafted Susie you would have had to round your team off with Yuri like that would be the only way to finish it and then just have the Huckster group uh working together um but Erica is the one who's going to be like 
look, let's get, let's get the show on the road. We got to get this done. And so I think Erica helps and you, you would have leaned maybe too far into it with Susie, I think. So I, I think, it, I think you each took the appropriate, uh, the preteen girl for your teams. <laughs> But Cameron, who are you going to round out? Uh, Mayor Klein still available. Okay, you know what? That's a good question. Hang on, where's my mouse? Who I was looking at characters. Help me remember who is um Tom Holloway. He's uh, he plays Spider Man. Hi, Paul. Um, <laughs> Um, oh, he's the he journalist. Is, he's Sorry. another he, journalist. He goes with oh, okay, Busey. Okay. Yeah. Has 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 a uh, has a uh, Mayor Klein always been the mayor, or is he's only like in the last two seasons? I thought he only shows up in three. I think it's supposed to. I think he's supposed to have been the mayor for a long time, but he's not in the first couple seasons. Got it. Okay. Mayor Klein. Mayor Klein. Okay. Cool. Um. You yeah. So Keith, there's not the guy who works in the arcade. <laughs> um yeah there's not a lot here um i think i think what we've realized is that there's a lot of main characters but not too many of them you would really want well i think know. it's yeah i think it's funny that you're like there's not a lot here and we we still have not taken three of the primary I, cast members i, I just don't i don't I think a lot of the goals from the seasons would have got accomplished a lot better if our teams went in as opposed to <laughs> these highly, highly emotional children. Um, so I'm going to go with a little bit of knowledge. I think my team has been knowledge-based regardless. Nobody is just pure muscle. I don't have anybody who's just going to rage in there. I'm not going to have a Ronnie from the Jersey Shore go in there and just smash. Um, so I'm going to go with a little more knowledge. I'm going to go with somebody who's actually a doctor. Um, you know, um, somebody who's got, um, whereas, you know, on Paul's team, I think, I don't even know if Joyce graduated high school, so he may not even have a single high school graduate over here. I have a doctor. I'm taking Dr. Owens, right? The, 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 the government scientist who's actually drawn up as a more, uh, sympathetic person and somebody who wants to help. He obviously helped in season two. He had just like a small role in season three, but he was there. And then uh, in season four, again, trying to help 11. Um, he knows what's going on. He knows what the upside down is, right? Michael's team, most of them don't know anything about it. My team is already getting briefed top to bottom on what this is scientifically in layman's terms. Um, he's going to prepare everybody for, for what to expect um, and then guide them along the way. So I'm taking Dr. Paul. You put a, you put some respect on this man's name. Can you put a doctor in front of his name, please? Uh, yeah. Would you like to inform me exactly what his doctorate is in? Well, uh, is it like <laughs> psychology or something? Um, I don't, I think it's a very vague doctor. I'm not sure they actually tell you in the show what he's what his um, training is in. I, we do know he's in the department of energy um let's see here he no does it not say where he's received his degree or what it's in um, so it could be a, a doctorate in uh ancient russian literature from the university of phoenix as far as we know don't think he would be with the department of energy working on this project but maybe 
yeah, this is, um, this is, I, I hadn't really considered taking Owens because I'm not sure what he'll bring without his, if he doesn't have access to his resources. And so season five is probably when we'll get to really see, I mean, if he, if he sort of gets out of captivity for season five, we'll get to see what he can do without potentially the backing of his sort of government group. Um, so I feel like you're maybe banking on him being able to call in some of those favors. If so, pretty useful. If you get in a situation where he can't, then, um, you know, he's, he's just older, so he's not going to be as uh, physically able to keep up. And, but he, he will have the knowledge. He, more than, I guess, anyone we've taken, he has probably more direct knowledge of what's going on, being someone who's studied the situation in the government. So um, that's, that's maybe his, his main uh, addition there. Yeah. I was hoping he would show up, um, especially when I saw Brenner show up. I was like, okay. And then when they're interacting, that kind of felt in a good way, very awkward and off-putting, right? Mm-hmm. You have one doctor who's clearly an antagonist. You got the other doctor who's been helpful to the various protagonists and they're working together. It really started making you feel unsure about who's good and who's bad, um, you know, during the whole season four. So I, I really like that. Yeah. I think Paul Reiser played this part perfectly. He's an excellent character. And I noticed that the, the soldiers that were with them at their facility had MP on their helmets. Mm-hmm. Is that not military police? Yeah, it should yeah. be. It's really interesting, right? Because they're, they're clearly like some sort of secretive agency. Why would they be using standard military police? Um, mm-hmm. And they uh, perform so poorly against the well, other soldiers. Here we go. Um, this is time for me to probably uh, uh, pick a knit here. He makes picks and he knits. Here's a Cameron Again, I mentioned earlier how I love when um, seemingly on the surface the same side fights each other, right? Sort of that internal conflict. So we're seeing two military, um, you know, divisions or whatever fight each other there toward the end of season four. Um, as the um, army um, being directed by that colonel or general um, goes down into that bunker, um, and then those MP military uh, personnel are fighting them off. Something that I hate seeing in movies where you know somebody is going to overtake something. The one side is unable to kill anybody from the other side. Like it's just like I I I it's I hate it when it's just kind of like they just go all over them. They they're unable to to kill one of them. Um, they're unable to do anything. But despite that, they ended up actually killing like a couple of the guys from the other side as they were like advancing down the bunker, which I appreciate. Um, you're right, Michael. They were quickly overwhelmed. I'm assuming the one group was really just like security personnel. And then the other group were probably better trained, better equipped army people or whatever. But uh, I appreciate that they were able to actually kill a couple of them before they were overtaken. Because when that doesn't happen, when people are just unable to, to uh, resist and even to the slightest degree, um, it's a big problem for me. 
So I, I did feel like in that scene, they should have maybe performed even a little better given they had the advantage that the other team had to funnel down a long hallway yes. and then out into the room. I was like, you should be able to secure a hallway better yeah. than that. You would think as a secret bunker, the first right. thing you do is set up protocols for when somebody is attacking in. Like, okay, we drop this here, we put a barricade there, but they right. were clearly yeah. like, I'm they just gonna, sort of stood there. I'm gonna stand behind this table. That'll stop the bullet. I'll, I'll, I'll defend from behind a table. Meanwhile, the other guys are advancing with like these like like armored shields. Right. And I'm, yeah. I'm assuming that's kind of why they were able to kind of take them out. All right, well, there's the nitpick for the episode. Always good to get a nitpick in. Cameron, do you feel some pressure to have a nitpick every episode now that we've got some some theme music? Uh, like, to be you... honest, yes. <laughs> I was going to say, do you, do you see yourself stretching <laughs> for a nitpick if you haven't thought of one naturally? Uh, we'll see. We'll if have I to see. Do... Yes, I am. I'm looking... People are going to think I'm really grumpy because they're like, oh, you had a problem with that? It's like, no, I had to find a problem. I had to, I had to, I had to find a nit. It doesn't have to be an episodic thing. We can just have no, I, I don't think, sprinkled I don't, in. Yeah, I don't think I did it on the last one. Like, I, if I, I won't make one up. Yeah. <laughs> I won't yeah. be, like, just stretching. But um, but that is something that uh, that yeah, I, yeah. I do. No, I that, do makes, that makes sense. I, whether they're good or bad. Like, I hate seeing one group just overtake the other group without any impact to the to the one group it's kind of like they had a uh you know the mario star going you just cannot yeah. be hurt i hate that yeah Makes sense all right well i get to round out my team here then and uh i'm i'm a little i'm a little torn uh you guys have gone for some uh, uh gone away from some of the main characters and if I go purely technical based, I think I would also do that. Uh, but I also am just curious about the, the listeners listening and being like, I just want to, I wanted to see where Mike and Lucas were going to go because they're the main characters of the show. And then for them to not come off the board. Take Mike. I dare you. Take Mike. <laughs> well, I, uh, he is the heart of the group, uh, as we heard says will the other guy i will definitely not have on my team <laughs> uh you know i think there's a potential argument for will as like the canary in that he has sort of a psychic connection to the mind flare and so he can kind of he can give you a warning at least but i don't think i think i'm gonna go um for someone you know cameron's got the black belt michael's got some police officers here got some weapons training I'm going to go for someone uh, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to take the first antagonist off the board here. Someone who I, I would only take him in a situation where he's going to be in the upside down with us, because I think he's practical enough that he wouldn't try to like turn on everyone. He's not, you know, he's not Henry. who's just out of his mind or whatever. He's, he's an antagonist with kind of a goal. Uh, I'm going to go Grigori here. The Terminator from season three, the Russian assassin who was working to sort of be the caretaker of Mayor Klein to cover up the Russian spy activity going on in Hawkins. Uh, you see he's got like specialist weapon training. He can track people. He sort of tracks them through the woods and, and traces them down in the car. 
Um, he kills poor Alexi, who uh, I kind of considered taking also as like a joke here at the end, who would be useful if he spoke English. Um, but uh, in terms of just like, hey, we're stuck in this world and we need someone who can take out some monsters, uh, has some survivor skills, but also has been part of the Russian operation to study the upside down since like the Russians started meddling with this stuff. He's going to have the background knowledge of it. So, uh, you know, I think he would also be like, look, I don't like any of you. Joyce, I did try to kill you once, but we just need to survive this situation. So I'm practical enough that I don't care about the Cold War right now. I just care about us getting out of here. So I don't think he's going to cause trouble in a, in a Cold War perspective here. So I think he'll just add his skill set into the team. Uh, no, interesting. Nice to get an antagonist, not to get an even smaller character. You know, it's interesting. You, uh, did you do with us? Is that what you were doing? Because you were kind of like, wow, I'm surprised. I, yeah, I wasn't th- thinking of this character. I wasn't thinking of this character. And then you took probably the smallest character. Um, yeah. Um, I, I don't know. If you guys had gone straight more main characters, I would have been angling for like maybe a Robin here or something like that. Um, so I think with officer pal on the board, Mr. Clark on the board, I felt a little more comfortable being like, I'll just take the Russian assassin, um, for this, for this one. Yeah, no, I mean, definitely some brawn. Um, I think you might have a time making him a team player. Don't know Mm -hmm. if he's gonna follow. So when I, I, when I was frozen, that was the point I was sort of making here is that, I think he's practical minded enough that if he's in a situation where he's in the upside down, he's, he's going to be like, look, I, I'm going to put the cold war aside because I'm just going to do what I need to do to survive. And if Steve and Nancy and Joyce and Max can help me survive, then we'll work together because he's, he's been part of this group that's been studying the upside down in Russia since Russia got involved. Right. So he understands what's going on and he knows the danger of everything that's going on. And so he's going to be like, look, the Demogorgon doesn't care that I'm Russian and they're American. So we just need to get away from it. And so if these people can help me, I'm going to do it. Hey, I have one question. Um, Since you don't have Murray, how do you plan to communicate with him? Does he not speak? I thought he he speaks English. Because does he not talk? I think he talks to Klein in English in the show. Oh, you're right. He acted as the liaison. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like All that's right. his job. English. Yeah, he speaks right. uh, He All speaks right. Russian, English, and Ukrainian, according to the Stranger Things wiki. Ukrainian. When is that going to ever be involved in the world? Come on. Well, when um, there's a Ukrainian Demogorgon, I'm going to be the only one set up to handle it. <laughs> you're going to talk to the Demogorgon. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness all right interesting pick um yeah sometimes when you go off the wall um it doesn't really make sense but i think this one makes a lot of sense i still have doubts that he will be a team player i, I don't i think he's more of a survivalist so i don't know if nancy's like everybody you know let's stick to i think he says hey there's an opening i'm out of here and he's saying it in russian and ukrainian and english as he's going out the door but interesting interesting pick yeah, I, he's definitely not going to have the bond to all these other characters. He's not from Hawkins. He doesn't have a whole lot in the game here, uh, but but survival itself. So, yeah, that's the yeah, name you, of the game. 
you, t- I, you talk about you talk about bond um michael Susie doesn't know anybody on her team i feel like the second she says that uh she's dustin's girlfriend though they're like ah oh, yeah okay we love and that who, kid who, yeah then hopper's <laughs> gonna be like not another one <laughs> like you're, you're off the team you're off the team. <laughs> Uh, all right. I considered uh, Grigori just when I was looking at Braun characters. Oh, okay. I, yeah. I, I did look at him and I, I thought, yeah, that could be one. But well, I was able to find ones that were not bad guys. Yeah, Braun, but also like the tracking skills, survival skills. I mean, he brings a lot to the table. Though, in, in a single combat, him and Hopper, Hopper would win. Right? Didn't Hopper get him killed? Didn't he kill? Yes. He, um, uh, in the mirror house. Um, that's right. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yep. Yep. That would have been a pairing for me to have both of them. <laughs> that's right. Well, I mean, I do have Joyce who he, he tried to kill many times. But <laughs> again, right. I think, I, I also think Joyce is going to be like, look, I don't like you. But if you can get me back to my kids, hell yeah, I'll work with you. That's fine. All right. Well, that wraps up the draft. We need to give the listeners a pitch uh, for why they should vote for our team. So, Michael, why don't you kick it off here? My team has brains and brawn. I've got got brains in the form of Mr. Scott Clark and Susie Bingham. They're going to be able to puzzle their way out of any situation, especially technical ones. Both of them have, are very adept with uh, computers and audiovisual equipment. So if we need to project some imagery during our battle to help us uh, distract Vecna or something, maybe they can take care of that. We've got Hopper, Dmitry Antonov, and Officer Powell all on my squad here. They're gonna be able to bring the muscle and their weapons knowledge to defeat Demogorgon's baths and whatever else comes their way. Is right. there some sort of catchy name for the bats, the bat creatures? I don't, I think they, cause they've got tentacles. Yeah. Um, they just call them demo bats. According to the demo word. bats. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cameron here. I have, of course, Dustin, the linchpin um, of, of any plot um, from any season. He knows what's going on. Um, I got Bob Newby. He's a smart guy, um, very skilled in coding, puzzle solving. Um, I have Murray, um, who not only also knows what's going on, uh, conspiracy theorist. He's a private detective um, and a black belt. Um, then I have Erica Sinclair, who's a no-nonsense um, leader uh, and somebody who can push back on the rest of the group and make sure that they move forward with the mission. And then I have the knowledgeable Dr. Sam Owens, who knows everything there is to know about the Upside Down and what the team is going to face down there. Yeah. And I have put together a team here of people who are all the no-nonsense, go-getter, problem-solvers on the show. They're the ones most likely to just take charge of a situation, get the job done. Steve, Nancy, 
coming in with the combat skills as well as the sort of leadership qualities, the investigative skills of Nancy Max with the science knowledge, as well as, again, that personality that's just going to steal the keys, break into the room, get the job done. Joyce is going to push through everything, especially because I don't have Joyce's children on my team, which means she is just going to move heaven and earth to get out of the upside down, get back to her kids. And then Gregory, who's not going to be happy about working with the Americans, uh, but he's going to reluctantly going to fall in line because he wants to live. And so he has the skills of an elite Russian assassin, tracker, military person, as well as some scientific knowledge of what's going on with the upside down. So I think he's just going to be able to take out anything that gets in their way of getting out of here. Paul, before you tell everybody to go vote, I just want to read two sentences from Gregory's uh, Stranger Things wiki uh-huh. page. Um, he has a disdain for Americans. He is deeply loyal to his country. Uh, when he coldly executed Alexei, um, without remorse, he called him a traitor in Russian. That's right. Again, I wouldn't draft him if we were going to get together and play bridge or something. <laughs> But in a survival situation, I think he is going to be practical enough to say, if I want to go save Mother Russia in the real world, I have to get out of here. And I'm not just going to needlessly kill the Americans if I can use them to get out. So, you know, I think there's that. All right. So, so listeners, those are our teams. And of course, you need to tell us who you think would be the most successful team at navigating the upside down. Uh, You can do that by voting. Uh, You have two options to vote. It's all on Spotify mobile. If you're already listening on Spotify, just scroll down right there in the episode description is the poll to vote. If you're not listening on Spotify, but you do have the mobile app, there's also a link in the episode description that will take you to where you can click on the episode and vote for this one, as well as answer that Q and a question. The other thing that you can always do that helps us out, share this episode with a friend. You've got some people you love to talk stranger things with. Uh, give them uh, you know, a shout out and let them give us some feedback as well so we can get some more opinions on our three teams here. And if you liked this episode, you want to drop us a five-star review, that is always really helpful at getting the algorithm to push the show out to more listeners. So Um, You want to drop us a five-star review wherever you're listening to the podcast. That will be very helpful. Um, And if you leave a review, maybe we'll read that out. You know, if you leave a written review, we can read that out sometime uh, in sort of the Q&A period too. So another chance to get uh, mentioned in an episode. Uh, So I think that will sort of wrap mostly up. Guys, do you want to mention any alternates here that you really considered taking? Um, I was toying with Robin Buckley um, for the main reason that more than anybody, she's a great team player. I mean, she got thrown into it um, and without question, she was on board doing whatever, you know, they needed to do. And into season four, she's still doing it. She's tracking along with Steve and Nancy and their drama um, and she's, she's on board. So I was really toying with uh, maybe picking her, uh, there at the end and then if there is another of the children that i would probably grab it'd be lucas same lucas has the realism sometimes he just you know, he might default to know a little too much um you know hey we can't do that we're not going to make it yada 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 
but um, I think you do kind of need that on a team. So um, Lucas was definitely in the running all the way up to the last round. I was considering. Also, he's the most athletic of the mm -hmm. main group. True. Yeah. Uh, if we were just going with the characters we liked, I mean, Eddie would have been right up there with Steve. Same. Big fan of Eddie, yeah. but he just doesn't bring a lot to the table. And it, you know, it, it, he brings sort of camaraderie in that. But if I could have my own nitpick here, uh, if I could what hedge in on your nitpick. What the heck is going on here? I've got a, I've got a story nitpick, uh, which is, you know, one, I think they really telegraphed that Eddie was going to die with all of his hero talk the whole time. Um, and I don't, I don't have a problem with it. What I do have a problem with is how the scene was executed because he's supposed to be a distraction for the bats and he's leading yeah. them away on the bike. And then he just randomly decides to turn around and fight them, which serves no purpose. There, that doesn't help. He could still be a distraction if he just kept running and they chased him. Like they didn't stop. And you could easily that. fix that scene in two ways, which is one to have them, visibly stop chasing him and he has to be like oh i have to get their attention again or to have dustin come out a little bit earlier and for him to see dustin and to have a moment where he says oh if i don't get even more of their attention on me they're going to turn around and see dustin right so like you could have easily added a layer where his sacrifice made mm -hmm. more sense but instead it was like his character arc needed a sacrifice so he's just going to do it to show that he can be a hero. Mm -hmm. But practically, it didn't make any sense. That, like, he just turned around and ran into a cloud of bats. Like, I'm in total just, disagreement, Paul. Yeah, It made me so that. mad. Yeah. yeah. I was like, this is not progressing anyone's plot line. No. He's, he, he literally just committed suicide. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, the whole thing is, like, I'm never the hero. Okay, so he gets to be the hero, but film the scene in a way where being the hero makes sense. Yes. Instead of just... He said he was going to do it. So. Right. I agree. And I, I considered him as a possibility for my team if I needed a pawn. So mm -hmm. if, I need, if I need someone to sacrifice to get out, he's kind of the Bob Newby uh, character that, that is going to put the team's good above his own. Yeah. I, I thought about, in terms of like a pawn, I thought about, if you draft Brenner and you run into Vecna, you can just be like, look, get, just get him. He's the, <laughs> he's the guy you hate. And then you just bail. So true. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's all I had. You all uh, picked a couple that were on my short list as well. All right. Well, I think that wraps us up listeners. Thanks for uh, tuning into this one. This thing has been a strange episode of What's on Draft. <laughs>